The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Red Nation, to the Red Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Craig, and here we are, nine short days before our first game of 2007. I love it! I can't freaking wait! 115 Sunday, September 9th. Welcome the Lions to, yes, they're calling it the Loser Bowl or Loser Gate or whatever. I know it's our opening day and I don't give a rat's ass. I know how my ass will be in a seat and I hope that yours will be too. So, let's move to show 160. Are you just loving it? I know I'm loving it. Well, let's do a quick story on, of course, WrestleMania really quick. There's really no news, which is good news because we don't need the turmoil right now, as stated by Colorado Chris. However, Jay Russ's grandmother had to throw in her stones. And what she said was, my grandson's stressed out and he just wants something to happen. Okay, well, sign the papers, dude. Okay, for the show today, we have... The Sea Chicken's Summation. We'll talk over what I feel about the game and some stars and some slumps um, and some observations. And we have another great article by Jerry McDonald, which is time to get serious. And it is time to get serious. We've had enough time to play and practice and plan... And this is a great take on the Raiders and this season. So check it out. We have a story that I must steal the title from a, a TV sports show because it's so appropriate. Pardon the interruption. It's pardon the interruption. Um, and I'll explain that when I get to that story. And we will hit the Marine Nation Podcast Comments Forum section. So, without any further ado, let's get to our first story, The Sea Chicken's Summation. Okay, so, we have this game in Seattle was kind of a, a kind of a funky game. It was a game of um, how can I say it? It was very uneven. That's probably about the best way I have to say it. As far as which squads are on the field, I believe they played their first squad without their quarterback, because of course Hasselback was out. Um, Seneca Wallace is no one to shake a stick at. Trust me, that guy can run faster than the wind. And he's not he's not a bad quarterback either. He can throw the ball. Uh, he's a good quarterback for their offense. And that's why they used him because, well, he's good. Well, our offense, uh, under the uh, direction of uh, Josh McCown, was kind of weak, honestly. It was uh, lethargic, I thought, as compared to the other previous three games. Now, some bright spots, of course. Travis Taylor and Mike Williams showed why they should stay on the roster. Mike Williams has the potential to be a superstar with his athleticism and the way he can jump up and over defenders. Travis Taylor is just a gun. He runs, he catches, that's it. I love the guy. 
Both receivers looked very sharp. I love it. Porter has been missing. I wonder where he is because I'm sure his stats, although I don't have them in front of me, are not very good for this preseason. I hope they're saving him, but if not, it's looking pretty bad for him compared to the other players um, that they have here, like Higgins and Carr. Well, Carr isn't a receiver, but Higgins is. Okay, the kicker. Richardson, get out! <laughs> Are you all tired of seeing this guy kick the ball? I sure am. I'm sure it was a save Shane Leckler, but he must go. At least we should get somebody who can kick and punt the ball with some kind of accuracy and power. Uh, I didn't see anything from this character other than to save Jankowski and, of course, Shane Leckler from getting their uniform dirty. Carr, of course, ran back excellently like he always does, a speed demon, and Higgins was insanely quick. Uh, with that touchdown, but I still think Carr has it on him as far as bursts of speed. I have never seen any player on our team go from slow to lightning fast so quick. That's what makes Carr so special and a great player. Now the teams, Culpepper did a great job. He played a great game with who he was playing with. He did a good job. We didn't use our tight ends at all, really. So, you know, I don't think that this is a game plan. It's not about winning. Uh, the Raiders last year won all those games because Archell wanted to win all those games. He wanted to get any game that he could possibly get to say it was a W. He needed to keep spirits up for obvious reasons. Well, I'll tell you right now, this year and this last game kind of sums up the whole preseason and Kiff era so far. I'm very, very happy. I'm seriously enthralled and excited about the season like the rest of the Raider Nation is. We have a total right to be with the revamped offense and... The changing of players, personnel, and schemes. This team is going in the right direction, and it's blatantly obvious to everybody, with the exception of BSPN or anybody else for that matter that likes to cap on us. You know who you are, Ray Ratto and Nancy Gay. That's right. The list goes on. So I'd like to get to this particular story it's a time to get serious by Jerry McDonald, who, may I say, is a really good writer and tells it like it is. Did all year last year. It was the truth what he was saying. And, uh, well, well, we'll get into his article right now. Time to Get Serious by Jerry McDonald. The masses will be anointing Dante Culpepper this week as the number one starter against the Detroit Lions, and with good reason. Lane Kiffin sounded as if he had no plans of making any official post-game radio interview with a play-by-play announcer Greg Papa. Not when he can force Detroit to prepare for both Culpepper and Joss McCowan, which is brilliant! Culpepper had to start the game <clears throat> at his own one-yard line, a possession that resulted in a safety, and finished poorly with an interception. But in between, it looks as if he did enough to win the job. He sure did. It was a 10-play, 64-yard scoring drive when he put the Raiders up 14-12. to Culpepper completed six to seven passes, at least one five-yard flip to James Atkinson for the TD. Now, his only interception was 
Oh, he had an incompletion that hit Johnny Lee Higgins right in the hands, and it would have been a spectacular catch had he have caught it, but that wasn't very possible. Until an inexplicable interception intended for Carlos Francis and intercepted by C.J. Wallace on his final throw, Culpepper was efficient, clinical, and not the risk-taking Minnesota quarterback Kiffin wants no part of. He was very good. Prone to clumsy exchanges and stumbles during his dropback, Culpepper took snaps clearly and didn't trip until his 16th pass of the evening. He managed to keep his feet while getting rid of the ball on an incompletion against a blitz that was chasing him like wild horses, for crying out loud. McClown was 5 for 12 for 75, and he did not lead the Raiders to a score in four possessions. McCowan got the Raiders to Seattle 21 on his first possession before Taylor Fredrickson missed again. Missed. <laughs> Taylor Fredrickson missed a 39-yard field goal. What a geek. He had at least three throws which were not intercepted but seemed questionable in terms of judgment. I agree. McCowan did hook up with Mike Williams for a perfectly thrown 25-yard completion over his left shoulder, which was a game-best time pass play exactly it was a great play but inconsistent in the end mccown did what he did virtually all training camp he made a few nice plays but he didn't generate enough points and did not seize the opportunity to win the job when presented that says everything raider nation right there if he starts against the lions it'll be because of some sort of hitch kiffin has and is not telling anyone about him starting but i still think it's culpepper Linebacker Isaiah Ikajuba had to be helped off the field with an injury to his right leg, which Kupin said included both his ankle and his heel. X-rays were negative, but it looks like the injury is long-term, and Ikajuba could be headed for the injury reserve. Oh, brother. Kiffin is playing it so close to the, the vest that he wouldn't even concede Johnny Lee Higgins has won the job of the Raiders' punt return specialist after his 90-yard touchdown against the Seahawks. He's not telling anybody who's on the team yet or not. Man, everyone's on pins and needles over there. No telling where Williams was on the pecking order of receivers, but he's a roster lock after catching three passes for 51 yards on his first reception. Williams flattened quarterback Josh Williams with a stiff arm, to his grill, and he gained 17 yards. Neither Alvis Witted or Carlos Francis has ever made a play like that during a time with the Raiders. For sure, Alvis Witness. But man, it was a great stuff. Did you see that, man? That straight arm was brutal. That's the Raiders we want to see. <clears throat> Let me continue. Ride receiver Travis Taylor, who had three receptions for 45 yards, looks in a cinch. With Culpepper. It does. They look great chemistry with those two. And I look forward to it continuing. Gerard Warren was being pushed off the ball by the Seahawks reserve line late in the game. Unless the coaching staff thinks he will be rectified soon, when Warren gets in better shape, he may not make the cut. Amen. Let's get rid of him before he becomes a turkey. The Warren who played against Seattle Thursday night didn't hold his ground nearly as well as Hawthorne. Hawthorne didn't help, help himself by allowing the Seahawks a first down by jumping off sides in a fourth down play. Yeah, those that was where Kiffin chewed his ass. Veteran quarterback Dwayne Starks missed a lot of time during training camp with hamstring issues, but closed with a rush. 
He intercepted one pass, broke up two others, and even giving up a reception. He had a good coverage. He was awesome. Cornerback Chris Johnson has the sort of speed the Raiders love, but it didn't do him much good when he played well off Seattle receivers and was victimized by Courtney Taylor. And Nate Burleson wore this guy as a coat and shed him every time he felt like it. I'm telling you, Burleson owned Chris Johnson, and Johnson was weak. He was a defensive back of yesteryear when we used to play five yards off uh, the receiver. Big, big, big problem. Stafford Rout showed some of the rust early, uh, missing three previous preseason games, but had a nice pass breakup later. He sure did. Rout needs to get informed in a hurry after Naambi Asamoah, who didn't play, and Fabian Washington, that looks to be a steep drop-off in cornerback talent. Detroit, the Raiders' first opponent, makes extensive use of three- and four-wide receiver sets, which include Roy Williams, Calvin Johnson, and Will Furry, which are no people to laugh at. Trust me, this will not be an easy game. On the plus side, a cornerback fourth-round pick, John Bow, has had his coming-out party and intercepted one pass and broke up another. On the play where running back Dominic Rose was tackled in the end zone for a safety, Paul McQuiston, playing left guard at the time, was shoved a good three yards backwards. McQuiston has fumble foot, and he's got to get that corrected if he's going to stay on the team. The only way he might stay is because he's so young still. Special's team was going to be the ticket if fifth-round pick Eric Frampton were to make the roster. His miss of a horse-collar tackle against Seattle's Joe Fernandez on a kickoff return, didn't help matters any, so he might not make it. Safety Donovan Darius, who has had a calf injury of late and whose history of injury was always a concern, was playing late in the first half, an indication he should be good to go against Detroit. He also made a aversion tackle on a pass play and knocked the guy out of bounds with veracity. Not exactly sure while Sebastian Janikowski got the kid gloves treatment throughout the training camp and preseason, particularly when his competition was a constant theme. <laughs> Adam at Chimandu never got any meaningful time on the first team in the preseason despite consistent production, and I think we should keep him. And I think Fargus has got to go. I think Etchimandu uh, is a much better runner than Fargus and will do much better for our team if, if he's the third guy. And he could go in and make it happen. Raiders coasters will study film on a Seattle game Friday morning and then begin evaluations for their 53-man roster cut and the practice squad. So there you go. Um, that pretty much tells you what happened. Also tells you a little bit about what I think about what's happening with our team. Uh, it's going to be a tough, tough cut. And I'll tell you, a tough cut, there's no other words to say other than I'll be really bummed when they come out with it because um, they've already cut some good players in my mind. Morant, Huntley, and Gabriel got the axe. I can't believe it. They all looked like they were going to be starters at one time, and they are not. They're out. They're out already. These are the three that I was really surprised of so far in the releasing of players. Uh, I didn't expect John and Morant to get cut. However, he never quite made it to the show. Huntley is a surprise, and I'm sure he'll be picked up by somebody really soon. Gabriel was also surprised, but he's been absent of late, and I don't know what his problem is because he was a star receiver just a couple years ago, and he hasn't done crap since. He went to the Patriots. It must be the water in Boston. Well, that's what I feel about these three guys. It's a bummer they got cut, so what that says to me, though, it means that the 
rest of the bench is pretty thick. And I know on wide receivers, we are really, really thick. And it looks like we're going to have some very good starters. And the cuts will continue. And we'll hit those again uh, in the pregame for the Detroit Lions. All right, Raider fans, pardon the interruption. Okay, so this is a subject that, you know, doesn't belong. That's why I'm saying pardon the interruption, because it doesn't belong here. It's something that came onto the site that I had no control over. It's just something that one of the fans wanted to say. And, hey, man, you I've always said, call it like you see it. I love it. Please just let it out. So it seemed to be a little upsetting to me because it's certainly very far from my state of mind, my state of being, my state of person, to think that someone that would think that I'm being disrespectful to Asians, African-Americans, brown Americans, Hispanics, whatever. Let me give you a brief history of who I am first before I even delve into this or this whole subject. I was an Air Force brat, traveled all throughout the United States and Asia. I lived in Japan for three solid years and we moved around a little bit, but mainly we're around Izuki. I remember it very well. I was small and young, but I remember it was yesterday. I had great fond memories of, of the Japanese people, and it was a fine example of how to be a good citizen, person, conscientious, a good neighbor. I found them as a people to be most awesome in every manner. Not to say that anybody else isn't, but I enjoyed the Japanese people as a people. I felt very close, warm, and, and actually became, I would believe, a Japanese-American because when I came home to the United States, my very best friend became a Japanese-American. And I'll tell you his name, W-A-D-A, Wada, Ronnie, my best friend since third grade to this day. We used to go to his house and he would eat Japanese. He would eat a little bit of food when his mom would, would prepare a traditional Japanese dinner for his father, George Wada. Um... And I would go, then we'd go to my house and have Puerto Rican food. Then he would fill his plate up and I'd have a little bit. So we shared that in common after going to football practice and wrestling and other sports events that we, we went to. We went back and forth to each other's house. Um, and I thought that was kind of a cool thing. Let me just tell you, I grew up with these people. I am these people. I understand the Japanese culture better than most, without a doubt. Uh, Ronnie's father was a member of the 442nd, the most decorated um, group of fighters in World War II, period. Pure Japanese, and they were ass kickers. And I'll tell you what, brutal. And my best friend's grandfather lost all of his land in the L.A. Basin. He lost a lot of property, lost his car. He lost everything. When, and they went to internment camp, which I went to visit with them, actually in the desert of California one time. It was a very interesting event. Mrs. Wada never felt bad about it. She didn't seem to be upset to the point where, where she would be lash out at me about it. But it bothered her, I'm sure. It bothered me more, I'm sure, because I, I was crying. It was a it was a brutal event. It was a it was a life changing event, I have to say. So, long story short, I didn't believe the United States could do that until I found out at a young age what the reality really is. Long story short, um, Jichan. <laughs> <laughs> grandfather lost all his stuff 
And the government did eventually give him some land back, and it ended up to be in Orange County, California, and he ended up to do pretty well, um, but he deserved every bit of it. Hardest working people, nicest, greatest individuals I've ever known in my life, let me tell you. So that being said in my history, just to explain that to you, Dr. T, so you know exactly what I'm saying when I say this. I make no apologies on my show. There's no apologies for anything I say or anything I do. What we do here on the Raider Nation podcast is about entertaining you. Now, if you're offended, well, you're going to have to get some thicker skin because I've been called every name in the book from spick to spack. I've done it all. My father was completely worked over in New York City by being a Puerto Rican. I've seen it. It has no place in my life and never has. I spent, like I said, I was an Air Force brat and spent time in, in the South, in Alabama and Louisiana. And Alabama was I was born, of course. And trust me, we were very, very poor, and we lived off base in the poorest neighborhoods in the area. Trust you me, not a better people there are than people who are working to try to make it happen. And trust me, I have no shame for who I am or what I say. What I say does not make who I am. And I want to make that really clear. And as far as the show goes, I stand behind it because it was entertaining. If it hurts your feelings, I'm really not sorry because this is not about having a, the show at a certain bar. Let's not raise the bar because I'm all over the bar. I'm under the bar. I'm around the bar. I'm through the bar. I'm just a guy doing a podcast that's a passionate Raider fan that loves the fact that we are a nation and that we stick together. And even when this, we're still Raider brothers, as you say, and as everyone else says too. But let me just say this for sure. Whatever happens on this show is the way it is because it's the way I said it. And there's no inference or there's no, you know, there's no room in my show for this theme, this caption, and this is the last time I'll ever address it, regardless of what anybody else ever says about one of my segments of the show. So I make no apologies, trust me, because there was nothing said that I wouldn't make fun of of myself. So and in that, let me just say that, and I will go on to read Dr. T, which I expressly love you, man. You're a fan, and you're a good fan. And you're telling me what you feel, and that's what I'm glad about. That you can, and feel good about it, and we all can move on. Here is the post from the Raider Nation podcast, comments forum, section. Dr. T, 821 show. Hey, Greg, sorry commenting on this so late, but I've been really busy, and only today had a chance to listen to the 821 show. First, let me say that I've been a loyal listener since almost the beginning. I actually emailed you a couple of years ago, shortly after you began podcasting, expressing my appreciation for the getting Raider news out to the nation. Also, let me say that after listening to your podcast religiously for the past several years, I don't think that this was intentional in any way. That being said, I have to say as a third generation Japanese American whose parents and grandparents were forced to leave their homes and lose basically all their property and belongings, uh, my father's family just bought a new car and they had to leave it and he was placed in an internment camp or a concentration camp same thing simply because they were of Japanese ancestry I have to say your jokes and comments about Tim Kawakami's article crossed the line and were frankly racist again 
I have to stress that I don't believe that this was intentional or malicious in any way, but on the other hand, I feel compelled to point it out, and I hope that by doing so, it might cause you to think twice before it next time. And right then, in that part, I'm going to put a pause there because he has more he wants to say. I just want to kind of address something in here. Okay. I am not racist, and frankly, that's some bullshit, okay? No, I'm not. The fact that it bothered you, that's the way it goes. And to bring it out here, you can do that anytime you like. But I'm just telling you, this is what I'm telling you. Please understand I completely agree with you on Kawakami's take on the Raiders was complete and utter bullshit. I have no objection to your criticisms that he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about and was pulling his opinions um, and guesses about Al and Jay Russ were thinking straight out of his ass. <laughs> but please, in the future, stick with criticizing him for being ignorant, asshole, hater, and uh, don't bring the racial background heritage into it. I really think that you could have made your point without doing the Shogun or Samurai comments and the Kung Fu fighting background music, the kind of stereotyping that got my parents and grandparents put into camps. No, that didn't get your parents and grandparents put into camps. It was paranoia by a people. After all, you have gotten across the point numerous times um, of what an asshole Ray Ratto is without any reference to his cultural heritage. Well, I would have if I could have, but I didn't. <laughs> if it would have been funny and to the point, I would have. Anyways, please don't take this wrong in any way. And I want to stress that I love you guys. I love your show and I love what you do for the nation. At the same time, I feel that I have to confront what I see as racism, even unintentional when I see it. My hope is that to be able to point out things that maybe you aren't aware of Maybe make things better moving forward, so I hope you take this in the spirit intended. I do. I really do. You know, <laughs> I am a knucklehead. I can't pronounce anyone's name. You know, I I just say it like it is. That's just what I tell you guys. And I love you guys. But don't throw me in there with the racial stuff because I can't take it because it's nowhere to who I am. And I know this is going on way too long, so I'm just going to end it in this. I will not apologize for doing my show, however it comes out. I know and hope and pray all the Raider Nation understands who I am and what I'm about. If you have any issues with me, hit me up just like Dr. T. I appreciate it because I'll, I'll shout it out and tell you exactly what I feel. I hope you understand where I'm coming from and what I'm saying. Um... I love you. The fact that Kawakami put his first name, that name, his last name there, in such big, bold print in front of his article, that's what I thought it was about. Mr. Kawakami wants to be recognized, obviously. So I gave him the recognition he so richly deserves. And in that, that is the end of... Pardon the interruption! <laughs> And that's all I got to say about that. Okay, let's get to uh, Raider Nation podcast. Comments forum section. This is a good thing. It's a good thing coming up right now, Nation. 
because we have a Bolt fan that came into the forum and he kind of dropped a little bomb. It's kind of weak, but it's kind of entertaining. So <laughs> let's let's go down to Bolt Boy because I think he's in here. Let me find him. There he is. <laughs> I love it. Oh, see, I'm, it's time for me to do this. I do this to others. I go to the, I see, I'm going to the Lion site this week and going to launch a little bit of rants and raves in their blogs and forums. I can't wait. I ask that the Raider Nation join me in going to the D Detroit Papers, the Detroit Lions websites, logging in, logging on, and just shouting it out and getting them prepared for the fans that they're going to face in Oaktown. And that's what I say about that because I'm going to do that to every goddamn team we play this year. I love it. And I, I, I'm going to encourage all the nation to drop the bomb. What I mean is get in there and make some comments. Work them up. Get them freaked out. I love it. You guys are so funny. You need to share this with these other bonehead fans out here. Anyways, on this post, Bolt's baby. Okay, and he says, how does it feel knowing that reality is going to hit your team in the face like a bag of bricks? <laughs> okay, so of course, I came in with, well, Bolt boy, notice, not man. You're way outgunned here, partner. You talk about us? When your adults get punked again this season, you, like most of the fan, will hang up your powder blues right next to your spike collar and leather mask with a ball in it. Until next time, the adults have a good year. Chargeless fans, best bandwagon fans in sports. Can you tell me why your house is a sea of black when you play us at your home? I know your pansy ass fans would rather sit at home than go to the game. You name the team Steelers? A sea of yellow. Your fans suck. And the only reason that you're here is that I dropped a bomb on the Pat Rats and you are trying to be somebody over there. Well, Jolt Boy, I would love to see you at the Mac when we play your Jolt without nuts. You won't be. You're a puss like the rest. Now, how about that Norv, a.k.a. Mr. Rogers, 52-86-2. and two. Now that's a record to be proud of. What a bunch of biatches. Go away or I'll get a fly swatter. Hooyah! Okay, here we go. The Assassin, Bolt Fan. Hey, Bolt Boy, thanks for taking time to support the Raider Nation podcast. I've never had the urge to check out a Charger site, and that's probably because they are the lamest team in the NFL. So if you're looking for excitement, a storied history, and the most interesting franchise in sports, you've come to the right place. Thanks again. Beautiful. 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 Well said. Better than what I said because it was very cool. Juan Jorge. What's that song called? Yeah, Randy and I got a new song on there. Yeah, there's a patron on my shoulder. Can I kill it? It's a silver and a plaque attack by Southern United Raiders. You got to check it out. Uh, download it. You can put it on your iPod. It's a pretty cool thing. It's a great song and we will be using it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny that was Raider Randy picked that one out uh, Raider Rick comes in about the counter yeah we had a counter problem counterproductive we're almost at a million 
Raider Nation podcast is almost at the million mark, and we'll have to celebrate with a nice cold beer or something. Uh, we'll have something special for it. It should be pretty cool. So we'll do a special show for the millionth visitor. Who will it be? Silent One comes in. What the fuck? The San Diego bitches are here now? What the fuck is up with Johnny Morant being waved? Alvis is still here, but Doug Gabriel and Johnny Morant had to kick rocks? Alvis must be good with his mouth. That's a tough one, brother. But it's true. (laughs) Alex V. News. A Raiders news site is claiming having breaking news on, I'm fairly certain, the J. Russ signing. Only problem is that they want a membership for the premium info. That seems sketchy to me. The First of all, I doubt uh, that many people on their boards would be so happy if it were a fake. I got to know. Hurry the hell up and make J. Russ play. Alex V., I never buy into those things because if you got to pay for it, don't worry about it. Big companies, big news agencies, they'll pay, and we'll get the news pretty doggone quick if it's real. Everybody wants to be first, man, and that don't take money. They're going to let it out as soon as it happens. Raider 1138, long time, no talk. Hey, y'all, sorry. It's been a long time since I've been on here. But being stuck in the middle of tri-team area, that's Norman, Oklahoma for the rest of you, and Cowboys, Chiefs, and Broncos all suck. I love it. Uh, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Culpepper. Didn't know about him. When he was first signed, I was worried about his knee. Lamont is running good, which is great to see. And Robert, the saloon door gallery, is actually picking up some blocks. That's very true. But there's one thing that pissed me off. How the hell do you cut Gabriel and Morant and not cuss Alvis Witt? That is bullshit. I'm telling you, man, I'm totally perplexed on that, too. Anyways, looking forward to the start of the season. I'm drawing up the road to Tulsa for the first game, and I'm also making the trip to Kansas City again this year. Gotta root our boys in hostile territory. Amen, brother! I and my brother uh, are making it out to Oakland again this year. Yeah! And we'll be out there to watch us spoil the playoff hopes for the Colts. Raider Greg Randy, hope to see you guys there. You guys were at my tailgate before. I remember Raider 1138. You are more than welcome. You know where we are, and you know how we roll. So get on out here, and you know we will pate. Daniel Wheatley and Chino. Marinovich. I was hoping to avoid the Marinovich story, but here it is. Uh, Marinovich was caught, yes, with some... With two non-bail warrants and all the other nasty things that go around with that, I don't want to shed any light on the poor man's misfortune. He did make it himself, however, and shows why drugs are a bad thing. Uh, Found in a garage, having only a skateboards and a briefcase full of methamphetamine is not the way to end your career as an NFL possible star was the number one draft pick. That is a lesson they all should learn. Let us move on. Buck Rebel. The Niners game videocast. Thanks, Randy and Greg, for putting up footage out there in y'all's trip to hostile territory. That was awesome. I got chills watching it. Can't wait to get out to Oakland again this season for a game. Keep up the good work, and Lane, we trust. Amen, Buck Rebel. Make sure you make it over here to Raider Nation Podcast. You tell me when you're coming. We'll hook up, get some beers. You know, we always like to have the out-of-towners at the Raider Nation Podcast uh tailgate because we got some more video to do partner so get on over there and check it out that goes for any fan anywhere possibly near the coliseum get in there get your ass into the video 
because the video cast is going to be fun this year. It just keeps getting better and better. CNY fan, Dolt Boy. I like that he posted a comment, but when are the Dolts going to realize that their team has turned into shit because of Turner? They might do well this year, but give some time to turn things around. They went from good coach that couldn't get over the hump to a coach that has never succeeded at a head coaching level job ever. If he wants to talk about reality, he needs to take a good hard look at his own team. It won't be too much longer, and the adults will be the bottom of the AFC West in Norv, I trust. And what is with Alvin Whitless still being on the team? Ugh. Maybe they are short on Talboys or something. If he's still with the team at the beginning of the season, it's going to look like Al had his hands in a cookie jar again. I agree, man. There's no reason for Alvis Whitless to be around. Tokai Raider, option bonuses, Vic and Russell. This is from an article on BSPN.com about Vic. It seems relevant to the Russell stalemate. In terms of the recoverable bonus money, though the matter is certainly complicated by any arbitration ruling last November in a case involving former Denver Broncos wide receiver Ashley Lalee. And that ruling, an arbitrator stipulated that the team cannot recover the bonuses money appropriated shares of option bonuses and appeared to severely limit the money that the teams could recoup if a player defaulted on his contract. Providing even more teeth to the ruling was that the decision by the arbitrator was sealed by the U.S. District Judge David Doty and was jurisdiction over the collective bargaining agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA. Al Davis is refusing to give Russell a bonus, an option bonus, and Russell apparently is refusing to go along. So Russell wants to keep the option in default on his contract. The number two pick didn't get the option bonus this year, so why should the number one pick take the shitloads of money and promise not to default on his freaking contract. If he's unhappy later on, he doesn't have to default. He could just follow homeless Simpson's advice and don't go on strike. Just show up for work and do a really half-assed job. The players have been able to negotiate contract in which they get to default and still keep the money is amazing. Can I get some of that action? Imagine if you got paid up front and then could keep the money and even if you didn't want to go to work. Last Russell rant for now. I promise it's the last for me, and it's really, really ridiculous. I mean, please, come on. Raider Greg, Randy, great to see you in the game. Um, even if it was just for a few seconds, I promise I'll hunt you down at uh, the season opener and share a beer with you. Yeah, man, we only got to see you for just a second. I was like, Robert Moorhead. I had a lot to say to you, but that's okay. I saved it up. I, as I said to Randy, I said, you know what? We got here late. We got to be on our J-O-B better next time, and we will catch up. With the Tokai Raider, Robert Moorhead. Ghost to post. I agree with Raider Greg. The signing of J. Russ would just make everything muddy. No singer player is greater than the team himself. And he goes on to say, um, the team, the coach, and the fans, we just want him to play football. That's all. <laughs> it's a long, wrong. It says... <laughs> It's a long way from JV football, but come to think of it, we had a couple, an asshole or two on my squad too. Well, you know what? <laughs> we got to love Jay Russ, man. He's just trying to protect his uh, money. So there you go. Here's a good one for y'all. Raider Jay is coming in with exactly my feeling for sure again. 
Sick of all these Brady biatches talking about going 16-0. and 0. Can someone please tell all of the New England fans to shut the fuck up? Raider Nation. Uh, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm about to get all black hole in these biatches and you hear these pansies countries. He must be up there in Bostonian area. I'm sorry, man. When Moss was a Raider, they talked shit. Now that he's one of them, he's a second coming, for crying out loud. Randy Moss is a biatch, just like Mr. Fumble's Tom, that can't be my kid because I can't get it up, Brady. <laughs> Brady friends here need, need the love and support from the Raider Nation all the way to the Black Hole, east side, and boatless. You biatches need a good smack to the face, too. I actually got to talk to one at my job. When he found out that I bleed silver and black, he told me how afraid, that's right, afraid they are when the Raiders come to San Descripto. Brother. Because they, like the Doncos and the rest of the NFL, fear the nation. I'm so freaking pumped for this season to start already. I pledge allegiance to the nation of silver and black and vow to destroy our enemies. Long live the nation! Raider J is out. Good one, Raider J. I like it. I like it. I'm sick and tired of the Brady Biatches going over the same thing, doing the same thing, doing the same thing. Okay, here we go. Adam the Rookie, QB Decisions. I have to disagree with your opinions on the QB situation, keeping in mind that the field had probably not been reduced to McCowan or Culpepper before you made Podcast 159. Josh is not going anywhere, and he might actually be the starter for the season opener. I would prefer Culpepper, me too, but we have to keep in mind that he's way behind in terms of knowing the offense. Because of this, he may miss out on the first couple of games, but I think he'll be starting soon after that. Perhaps. I don't think so. I think he's going to start right away, and we're going to go with it the way it looks right now. If anyone is traded, I expect it to be Walter. Yes, I'm sad, but I'm sure you're right. He seems to be the odd man out who doesn't really fit into the system that Lane is installing. Walter is not the guy for this team with this coach. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I got to agree with you. It's looking clearer and clearer. I was avoiding it, but I have to say, Adam the Rookie, you're right on the money. All I have to say is stop throwing Russell under the bus over contract squabble. Just because he won't sign the doesn't mean he's going to kill dogs. Still drugs or suddenly be prone to injury. I do believe there should be clauses in the contract to protect us from these situations. But as in life, there are no guarantees. Right. There's no guarantees. So don't worry about that. Sign the contract that number two guy signed and get on with it. I don't care. I hope he doesn't sign, like I said, because if he doesn't sign, then we have nothing to worry about. We can just go on about the year. Dr. T from Colorado Chris. Oh, this is a response to what he said. I want to comment on your post, but I'll let Greg and Randy do, do it if they wish. I do not want to speak for them. In my opinion, I feel you are a little sensitive. I do know it wasn't personal, just funny. We need to be able to laugh at ourselves, etc., I'm the guy wearing the pink shirt on the website. Now that's how I roll. <laughs> I'm comfortable. Thanks for pointing the pick, Ra Raider Greg. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> I love it. Anyway, I laughed, as I'm sure you did, regarding all the Brokeback Mountain references made last season. My point, 
It's cool. It's a cool podcast. They work hard. They make jokes. He's up. Well, that was pretty much. I should have said that. I should have just said that and let it go. Um, but I had to go on a rant and rave, and you guys had to listen to it. I'm sorry. Okay, Raider Vince comes in, talks about the Hawks game, which we lost. Raider Jawa came in about the Hawks game. We thought we were going to do good, too. Tyler Fregnerson must go. <laughs> that was by Randy. I love it. Okay. Rickon Higgins, nice cutback at the very beginning of the run to bust both the ankles of the defenders. It was beautiful. He'll make it to the 53. Raider Rick comes in secondary. Defensive secondary is looking weak, making Burleson look like a pro bowler big time. Johnson won't make the final cut for sure because he looks lost as hell. Yeah, Johnson's playing too far off his man, and he wasn't fast enough to catch up. He looked like our typical defense before Rob Ryan had to resurrect it. It was not good. So I just don't think he's going to be around either. <clears throat> Raider Rick comes in with an explanation. The only logical reason that we're leaving some of these guys in so we can avoid getting injuries in our first and second unit. I agree. That's what made this game so funky, and I really don't care that we lost. I mean, you know what? We lost, but we should have won. If we would have been playing for real, you know what? I bet you we would have kicked their ass, and there's no doubt about it. I bet you it would have been a hell of a game. We wouldn't have been, you know, beat them by a lot, but we'd have beat them. We'd have beat them because I can feel that we would have beat them. We had an opportunity to beat them a bunch, uh, and our defense would have just shut their ass down right away. So that's what I'm saying. Fregerson's got to be out. Juan George makes no bones about it. Okay. Raider Vince, bring on the Cowardly Lions. I love it. Raider Vince, you got it, because that's what we're going to use on the theme for the Lions game. You got that, Randy? What's cracking, Raider Nation? The game wasn't great, but was only going to get our boys some more pumped up to beat the punk-ass Lions on September 9th. I think that McCowan looked pretty good and relatively gave Dante Culpepper a run for the starting job. Culpepper is going to get the start, though. You know that. Kiffin is going to get our team ready for this season big time. I would hate to be Kiff right now because some of the real players are going to be cut. Witless must go, but whoever makes a team must go 10-6 and six and push to the playoffs. Raider Nation for life. Peace. I think so, too. Um, Witless must go. I love it. And Pep, I'm telling you why Kiff is going to start Culpepper, because he's the best quarterback and he wants to win football games. He just wants to win them. That's all. El Cooksta comes in, of course. It's on, baby. Preseason is over. Compared to last season, I would say we did pretty damn good. I like the way we played. We didn't have to win. We just had to play well. He's excited about the season, although if Madden 08 is any indication, our O-line is in for some fun. <laughs> Screw Jamarcus Russell. Let's get the job done. I feel a ripple. He feels that we're going to go 10-6. and six. Yep, you heard it first here. Well, El Cooksta, I hope we do go 10-6 and six because that would make everybody happy. I say trade the rights to the Falcons. If we do that, then their first-round pick and promising a promising player, preferably O-lineman. We can't trade his rights till the end of the season. So that means we can trade him at the end of the year, which would not do good for us, and it won't do good for him. We need a franchise quarterback, and if he's the guy, then he's the guy. Colorado Chris, we all need someone else to talk about besides Jay Russ. He's tired of hearing everybody biatch about it. Raider Rico, preseason. 
In all, this was a pretty good season. The problems we had last year look like they have been addressed. Kiffin on, on the sideline reminds me so much of Gruden. The camera is showing his face, and the Raiders would make a mistake. Made me feel as if I fucked up the play. It was so intense. One time you could see him chewing out one of the linemen he came up because he screwed up, and that's what we need to see. Yeah, he's still wondering why the players like Gabriel and Morant were cut. Not witless. Culpepper looked like he won the starting job last night. And um, we can never be certain, though. And that's right, because, you know, he wants to keep the lines guessing. One thing we know is that we really can't be overexcited about the performance of this preseason because of the last 4-1 and one preseason start. But overall, I can agree with every Raider fan that we do look like a new team and we do look like we have improved greatly. Can't wait for the season to start and I'll be there. I'll be with the Raider Nation, tattooed on my arms, raising them high for the nation. Go Raiders, number one defense this year, and fuck ESPN four ways, talking shit about the Raider Nation and Al Davis. Amen, Raider Rico. Well, you know what I'm saying about the preseason is right. Raider Rico has it on right here. It's just preseason. It doesn't matter if we win. It's We really played well. We played well. We played with rhythm. We do have an offensive line that's improved, not changed a lot as far as personnel, but improved in their technique, and I think we can get there. If we could do some more run blocking, better run blocking, that would be awesome. And he does remind me of Gruden, and I can't remember. I think it was, I want to say Huntley. Who was it? One of the linemen pulled a, a a false start, and we would have gotten a touchdown. Easy. It was a touchdown waiting to happen, and Kiffin just ripped him, ripped him, just like, just like Gruden would. The thing about Gruden and also Kiffin, which makes him kind of cool, is there's another side. There's a cool side. There's a fatherly side. There's a, a friend and confidant side along with that ass-chewing side. So the player's not going to get all ass-chewing. The player's going to get a little bit of everything. And that's what we need in a coach, someone who can get through the psyche of these guys. And they want to play for Kiffin. They want to play for the man. They want to play for Lane Kiffin. That is all you can ask for. It's all you can ask for as a fan, and it's all you can ask for for a player is that you want to be able to have a coach that you respect enough to play hard for and put your guts out on the line, because that's what happens. Anyhow, this is a long podcast, and I can't talk anymore. Until next time, the pregame for the Cowardly Lions. I love it. I am Raider Greg, and I am finally out. <laughs>